What's up, bitches? <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something. I wasn't sure if you're gonna. So welcome back to Miners of Mayhem. A true crime podcast that focuses on miners who become murderers. So to our returning listeners, thank you so much for your continued support. If you're new to our podcast, a big hello and welcome, and we're really glad you found us. Um, once again, we will reiterate that this podcast is about minor murderers and their heinous crimes. That's the focus of this podcast. But we are in no way forgetting that with each crime, there's a victim or victims, and our hearts break for what their families have had to endure. So what do we got today, Brianna? Um, shit, I don't know. <laughs> Can you get it? No. Oh, me neither. <laughs> Damn. Oh, oh, oh. Jello shots. Oh, they taste like shit, too. Yuck. Oh, people are going to hate that sound. Oh, God, it's gross. Um, I thought I'd be smartin'. Smartin' what? Get us something different. Yeah, well, jello shots are usually not a go-to. Well, they are today. <laughs> they are today. Jesus. I don't even want to take it. Wait a minute, I'm struggling. Oh, good enough. Yeah. Gary, you want some jello? Gary doesn't. Oh, God. Oh, Gary yeah. won't even taste it. <laughs> oh, here's to another episode. Another episode down the yeah. hall. Oh, I can't even get it out. Oh, mm. oh God. Mm. Swallow. Mm-mm. The longer you hold that in, the worse it's going to taste. Oh, I hate the texture of Jello shots. I almost puked. I will never do that again. That was nasty. Ugh. It didn't taste bad. Oh gosh, yes it did. No, oh, it didn't. Um, I'll pick it up it when just... we're done. Yeah. Oh, the texture of it. I can't handle it. Mm. -mm. That was um. To show our little feller. Here's our little feller. We gotta name it. Fred. I was going to say Frankie. No. <laughs> Why? Oh, uh, my friend. I, that was my nickname for my friend. Um, let's do, I don't know. Let me think on it. It's got character. <clears throat> so if you listen to the Andrew Conley case, you know that it was thrown together under time crunch thanks to the little turd turd who kept his mom tied up in the hospital. And that case kind of left us wanting for more information as there was not a deep dive. So here's just a little bit more. I'll do a quick recap. In 2009, 17-year-old Andrew murdered his 10-year-old brother Connor and received life without parole. Now, Andrew has said that the connection between him and the popular show Dexter was overblown in the media and, quote, Dexter was just a show I watched. The only thing I felt like Dexter was that I felt alone. I felt like nobody wanted me, even though I had friends. 
and I had a family. I just felt like I wasn't any good to anyone, unquote. Andrew also admitted that he had fantasized about killing someone since he was in the eighth grade. Um, a court psychologist who evaluated Andrew revealed that he desired the death penalty. Andrew said, quote, I am going to hell and I deserve to be, unquote. A motive was never given for this crime, but if I had to take a crack at this, I would say untreated mental illness would be at the top of my list. If you'd like more on this case, murderpedia.org has a plethora of information, including court transcripts, quotes, sentencing, etc. So, um, Bree, do you have a video update for us? Because apparently we've hit a few bumps in the road, so maybe we should get our listeners up to date. Yeah, so the Andrew Conley episode... The audio turned out like shit, and I think, like you said, our input was too loud and maybe our mics were too close. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, I did warn you guys that my hubby's um, work can be can have iffy hours. Mm -hmm. North Dakota has been in negative degree weather. It's freaking cold. That's like it. up to negative 70 degrees with the wind chill. Yes. So. Shit breaks. He hasn't, he's been going to work at like 530 in the morning and hasn't been able to get home until like 7 p.m. That's not a whole lot of time to eat supper, shower, and go to bed. Mm-hmm. Not enough time to edit the video. Um he is going to work on the Andrew Conley audio through the platform that he's using with a friend of his that knows what he's doing mm-hmm. and can give Dean a crash course on how to fix audio when it doesn't sound that great. Okay. Um, so hopefully that'll be up this week. And this one we... Uh, this video, we uh, turned the input down down, and our mics are a little lower. So fingers crossed that this one um, turns out better than last and we can upload it right away. We'll figure it out. It's just like when we started this. It was, it was problem after problem. It was literally problem after problem. And then our equipment <laughs> took a shit. And then... Mm-hmm. We had to start with new audio or audio equipment and figure that out and figure out the bumps and we'll get there. We'll get there. It's, it's, it's a task. Yeah. So January is mental awareness month. I think I touched base on that. Was it last episode? Yep. I went through uh, the awarenesses or maybe two episodes ago. Maybe. I think it was two episodes ago. Or something like that. So in honor of this, I decided to cover the Brahm family, which I feel in my heart had a lot to do with untreated mental illness and family circumstances. Okay. So do you want to get into it? Yes. I'm just texting my husband to let Gary in the house because he's pouting. <laughs> oh, he's waiting for dad to come through the door. He heard him drive up. Yep. Oh. He's waiting. Here he comes. Oh, okay. I think. Well, I texted him anyway. He's over here. 
<laughs> there, he's happy. He was waiting for you, oh. just pouting. Shit, that cat's out here. She's going to ruin your recording. Uh-oh. You better catch that thing. She's a screamer. Yeah. Can you try and catch her? Um, she ain't gonna. Okay. Well, I'll pause it if we have to. No. No? Oh. Okay. I'll figure out a way to... Larry's on days starting Tuesday, so... There's ways to cut. She's right here. Come here, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> Come here, Bernice. Our our cat is. Come here, Kiki. Our she's looking for a male. Cat is in heat, and that uh, she snuck out. Oh into my gosh. The... Okay. Can, can we just hug her? There. Much better. <laughs> Moms carry him like that all the time. Yeah, but I yeah. I hate it. Um, anyways, yeah, our cat was in heat and or is in heat, and she's meowing like a. She's screeching. Yeah, like bad. So, so anyways, <clears throat> let's get into it. Okay, let's get into it. Um, for this case, we're going back to 1988 to Rochester, Minnesota, home of the infamous Mayo Clinic. Isn't Rochester in South Dakota? No. It's in Minnesota? Do you not? Are you not <laughs> familiar with the Mayo Clinic? Yeah, I thought that was in South Dakota. No. If you're not learning, what are you doing? <laughs> right? Yes. Okay. Rochester, Minnesota, home of the Mayo Clinic. <laughs> Oh, oh, Bernard and Paulette Brom were the parents of Joseph, David, Diane, and Richard Brom. Bernard worked as an advisory engineer for IBM and had been employed with IBM since the year 1968. Dang. Bernard and Paulette were very involved in their church. They managed the ceremonies of Holy Communion, were leaders in a marriage counseling program, and Paulette also was the leader of the preschool program at the church for many years. They even held some church functions at their home from time to time. Oh, wow. So they were busy. That's they awesome. never missed church. This was like, this was a huge part of their lives. Unfortunately, that didn't leave room for uh, anything else. Bernard and Paulette were very, very strict parents. They held their children to a very high standard. They did not allow the kids to express themselves at all. Now, if you remember the 1980s or have ever, well, of course you wouldn't remember them. I do. Um, punk rock and heavy metal hair bands were a big thing in the 80s. Yeah. Spiked hair, black clothes, black eyeliner, acid wash jeans. I mean, this is just a few of the trends. Just a big thing, you know? Yeah. Bernard and Paulette were totally against these things. After all, they had a reputation to uphold, so they had zero tolerance for punk rock music or the punk rock appearance. Zero, I mean, zero tolerance. Just wait. I know where you're going with that, and I'll, I know where you're going. Okay. Okay. Joe, the oldest son, was really wrapped up in the punk rock lifestyle. Now, this being completely unacceptable, 
to Bernard and Paulette, they kicked Joe out of the house in early 1988. Just see ya. And how old was he? He was 18. So he was old enough to be out. But to kick him out for that, I mean... That's a little harsh. I said they were strict. Now, David didn't do very well with this. His brother was his best friend. He idolized him. He wanted to be just like him. He looked up to him. All of the things. So it really had a negative effect on him. Wanting to keep the rest of their children on the straight and narrow, Bernard and Paulette became even more strict with their no-tolerance rules pertaining to punk dress and music. They would do whatever was necessary to prevent David and the other kids from becoming like Joe. Hmm. Now, I do not think these parents had a clue how much damage they were doing to David mentally by limiting his ability to express himself and trying to find out who he was and where he fit into the world. David became quite depressed, although he would try to hide this behind a smile. Allegedly, David had even talked about killing his parents, but like on so many of our other cases, no one took him seriously. David became so emotionally unstable that on two separate occasions he attempted suicide. On one attempt, he tried to hang himself from a tree. And on another attempt, he consumed approximately 45 sleeping pills, but this just made him sick and he threw the pills up. Damn. Now, today we have a better acceptance and understanding of mental illness, but in the 1980s, it was not talked about and basically hidden or denied. Yeah. Mm. I get it. I mean, that time. But if somebody flat out talks about wanting to murder your parents, maybe that should be a sign to take it more seriously. One would think. Did you know Joyce Meyer? Yeah. She got two tattoos. Yeah. I love I just, her. I just watched a TikTok on her the other day. I absolutely she, love her. She was talking about tattoos and how, mm -hmm. like, it's on whatever. And she's she got two of them. Have you ever watched her sermons? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's, I, yeah, I, I love her to death. Awesome. She puts everything into an understanding that I can understand. Yeah. She and I love down. the way, I mean, do you really think God's not going to love you because you get a freaking tattoo? I mean, she's, she's great. She's funny. Yep. So David tried very hard to please his parents, but their ever increasing strict, strictness would make this virtually impossible. Was that was that popular back in the 80s like being very strict and like church going and no more than it is today I mean they just probably didn't understand the whole mental health issue of it You can go to church and still look like a punk rocker and still love God Oh yeah those are the, some of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Exactly. You can look like a bum on the side of the street and still go to church. Mm -hmm. But not for the, this parents, this set of parents. You couldn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, 
The music wasn't even allowed in the house. I mean, it was that bad. <clears throat> so on February 18th, 1988, none of the Brahm children had shown up for school, nor had Bernard or Paulette called into the school to inform them that they were sick, had doctors or dentist appointments, or for what other, you know, whatever reason a child would miss school. I'm going to go off on a side rant here. What is it doing? Still recording? GoPro. Start recording. Must be. GoPro. Start recording. Did it quit on us? Ah, oh, after 17 minutes. I thought he was going to fix that. I don't think he could. Okay. Do we have anything then? Yeah. Okay. On a side note, and I don't know if this is right or wrong, but one day out of each school year, I let my kids have a mental health day. If you think about it, these littles leave for school at 8 a.m., so mine get up around 6.30 to 7, because I have to get myself ready for work also. Um, lost my place. And they get back home around 3.45 p.m. Now, for the rural farm kids, this is even earlier. Mm -hmm. they, they have to get up earlier, get on the bus earlier, and arrive home later because they have to ride the bus. So when the kids get home, they have a snack. Sometimes they have homework, reading, or a test to study for, which eats up all of their free time. So by the time this is all completed, it's supper time. And then it's shower Followed time. by bath or shower time. And then it's off to bed only to start all over again the next morning. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, and I don't feel this, I just don't feel this leaves much for family time or free time for the kids to do the things that they enjoy. So I just watch for signs of burnout and or frustration. And I will call a mental health day for my kids, no questions asked. Now, this usually happens more towards the end of the year when the kids are just ready to be done with school and have their summer break. And some of you may not agree with my thought process on this, and I am definitely not saying that education is not important because you can just ask my kids. I always stress the importance of their education. But what good is sending your kid to school when they're frustrated or burnt out? They won't retain anything. They'll probably be destructive, and they're not going to pay attention anyway. Mm -hmm. So give them a day off just to have zero worries except for hanging out and doing some of the things that they enjoy. Yeah, and, and maybe some people are gonna be like, well, they have spring break, Christmas break, Thanksgiving break. I don't care. It, it, school is hard. <laughs> school is hard. Especially like, have you looked at the way they do math now? Don't even go there with me it's right so now because hard. I can get the answers, but the way they get to the answers and they have to totally different. Everything is different and I'm old. So when my 10 year old needs help with his math, I mean, I do help him, but I do it the way that I know how to do it and I find the correct answer. And then I go through his book and I'm like, okay, how did they get this? How did they get this? Mm -hmm. I, it takes me forever to explain. The, at least you get a book 
Sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes I have to go to the good old computer. We've never had a book. But it's, I don't know. And, and you're containing little 10-year-olds. You expect them to sit in a damn desk. Pretty near all, I mean, what? They get a recess. They get lunch. And then one more recess. Mm-hmm. These are 10-year-old, squirmy, little energy children. Mm-hmm. They get burnt out. I don't, I just. Have you, have you, do you know how uh, Eli's class works? Do they do like circles or any, like circles, circle time? Don't have a clue. Hmm. Because. Because I really like how partial <sighs> has, like, does things. It's interesting. I, I it's don't really have nice. a clue, and the reason being is his first parent-teacher's conference, we had that kind of storm thing going on. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us could make it. Dad was out on the roads, cleaning the roads, and I was still out delivering mail. So, and that's the first parent-teacher's conference I've ever missed. I, it made me sick. It's like, ugh. I felt kind of like a failure that day, but what do you do? Not much you can do. No. So back to it. After attempts to contact the Brahms had failed, the Sheriff's Department was called for a welfare check. On February 18th, around 5.30 p.m., officers arrived at the Brahm residence. There were tire tracks and footprints going in and out of the garage, or in and out of the residence through the garage. Upon entering the house, nothing seemed out of the ordinary. When they checked one of the bathrooms, it was kind of a mess with hair and what appeared to be hair dye. Upon clearing the main floor, they made their way to the stairs leading up to the next level of the home. Before reaching the top of the stairs, the officers could see two sets of feet on the landing. So was it actual hair dye? You know, Mm. punk rock, black. And hair, because he had, we'll get there. Upon uh, reaching the landing, he found the bodies of 40-year-old Paulette and 13-year-old Diane. There was dried blood everywhere and horrendous wounds located on their arms, face, neck, and head areas. A 41-year-old... That's personal. Sorry. No, you're right. You're very right. It's very personal. A 41-year-old Bernard was found in the master bedroom, squatting on his knees on the floor with his right arm draped up on the bed and his head slumped over in front of him. They proceeded to little Ricky's room where they found the 11-year-old still lying in his bed in the fetal position, clutching his security blanket with massive wounds about his head. Officers knew that David also had not attended school but he was not located in the house. Their first worry was that David could have been kidnapped. David is the oldest one. No, Joe is the oldest. Joe is old. So who did you say was laying in the bed? Bernard. Oh, Ricky. Richard. Rick, the young one. Oh. The little. Oh. Because there's four kids. Got it. Joe moved out, so there was three still left in the home. Sorry, I... That's okay. I just... Frog. I call frog. Ribbit. Ribbit. So officers knew that they needed help, so investigators with more experience in these matters were called in 
Officers located Joe, informed him of what happened, and quickly discovered that he was at work and had a solid alibi and he was not a suspect. He was also asked if he had seen David, which he had not, and reported to him that he was missing and they may be dealing with an abduction. Officers also talked to some of David's, fr David's friends, and one friend reported that David had admitted to them that he had killed his family. So we see that so often. Mm -hmm. How many cases have we covered that they a lot. go and tell their friends what they've done? So the search was on <clears throat> for the number one suspect in these heinous murders. The next day, the police were tipped off that there was a sighting of who appeared to be David at a payphone outside of the Rochester post office. Police rushed to that location, and sure enough, it was David, and he was taken into custody without incident. Upon questioning, David said, on February 17th, he was in his bedroom listening to his punk rock music. Bernard came in and was pissed because this music was not allowed. Bernard threatened to take all of David's music away from him. The argument escalated, and Bernard pushed David, causing him to fall backwards onto a table of some kind. David took off, but returned later that night and let the situation just boil in his head. It just festered in there like a big old seething freaking abscess. You know what yeah. I mean? <clears throat> but it wasn't okay for his dad to push him. This whole situation is not okay. Fucked. And we'll have a conversation. Yes, fucked. We'll, we'll conversate. So around 3 a.m., David quietly went to the garage and grabbed a long-handled axe. Ooh. Oof. He stopped off in the kitchen and grabbed a knife. He then went to his parents' bedroom. He stood in the doorway for a minute, armed with his axe and his knife. And he proceeded to his dad's side of the bed and swung the axe, hitting him on the head. His mom woke up and started screaming when she realized what was happening. In the meantime, Bernard tried several times to get up. And each time he did, David swung the axe some more. Apparently, his mom attempted to flee, but he caught her on the landing where he struck her down with the axe. He then proceeded on to little Ricky's room and completed his planned attack. While this was happening, he heard screaming out in the hallway and found his sister Diane standing over their mom. And this is when David took down Diane, ending her life right alongside their mom. Bernard was struck 22 times with the axe, Paulette 19 times, Diane 8 times, and Ricky 9 times. Have you ever swung an axe? Yes. After like 5 or 6 times, it's like, I'm tired. Add those up. It's over 50-some. That's... Rage. Cold. Revenge. Rage. Rage. The axe was found at the bottom of the basement stairs, and when tested, David's prints were all over it, so there was no denying who committed these horrific murders. After killing his family, David went to an ATM and pulled out cash. He went to a grocery store and bought some snacks. He picked up a friend, went to a store, bought hair dye. David died and cut his hair into the punk rock style that he had always wanted but was unable to do because his parents would not allow it. He went to his school to show his friends his new hairstyle and openly admitted that he had killed his family. To me, it, 
it appeared as though he wanted to get caught. He wasn't trying to hide what he had done. So because David was only 16 years old, his lawyers wanted him to be tried in juvenile court. But this did not happen, and he was tried as an adult, being convicted of four counts of first-degree murder and receiving four consecutive life sentences. <clears throat> A psychiatrist for the defense testified that David did not comprehend that murdering his father, mother, sister, and brother was wrong when he was carrying out the act and that he was legally insane. On the prosecutor's side, they had four expert psychiatrists who testified that David was not legally insane at all when he was murdering his family, but they did all agree that he does suffer from some type of mental Ill illness or impairment. A forensic psychologist, a forensic psychologist bleh, testified that David had been experiencing hallucinations for a few years and had alter egos consisting of three separate personalities. He testified that the murders were due to a psychotic episode. Other professionals, the prosecution, and even the judge were all cynical of that assessment. They weren't, you know, they weren't sure. The judge said this case was an extreme and monumental tragedy caused by a pathetically sick depressed mind. It was reported that when the judge retired to her chambers after the sentence was handed down, that she broke down crying over the deaths and how David completely wasted his life. To this day, the motive is not entirely known. He has said nothing at all as to the why. He has refused all interviews and continues to refuse them to this day. David will be eligible for parole in the year 2041 at the age of 70. The eldest son, Joe, you know, the punk rocker that got mm -hmm. kicked out of the house, he went on to become an assistant professor of economics and philosophy at Easter Gateway College and held two master degrees. He was an avid bicyclist and outdoorsman. In 2016, Joe passed away at the age of 46 from cancer. But this just shows me that expressing and exploring as a teenager does not define who or what you become in your adult life. Can confirm because how many stages did I go through? I went through, you know, the, the Beatles stage where, you know, all of the... The Marilyn Monroe stage. The Marilyn Monroe stage, the skateboarding stage, the but I always I always veered back to who I truly was. You have to explore who you are. You have to find out where you belong in the world. And you supported me through that all the time. You're doing right. My, because my I, little... I wanted to, well, I, I looked up to my brother, just like in this case, mm -hmm. I looked up to my brother while well, he was, you know, discovering who he was. He was skateboarding. Well, I wanted to skateboard. Mom, can, okay. can we go get a skateboard? Can I get roller skates? Can I do this? Yep, let's go. Even though you were a single mom, you figured it out and did it. Yep. It may have been secondhand, but we did it. Didn't That's like um, my 14-year-old right now. She is exploring 
a more gothic way to dress. She's choosing more dark clothes and whatever. And I went through that. I think she was scared to ask me at first because I don't think she understood what kind of, you know, how supportive my supportive I am about figuring out where the hell you belong in this world. So I think she was really scared. So I went into my little shopping cart and I started picking out clothes. And I started showing her. I said, is this what you want? Is this what you want? Is this what you want? Mom, can I really have that? I said, hell yeah, you can. Yeah. Let's go to Hot Topic. Let's well, find I mean, you some shit. Well, look at you, for instance. I mean, you're, <clears throat> I'm not going to say your age, but you're, ex well, you're not really exploring, but you're bringing out who you truly have been your entire life. Yep. yep. And you're being more free about it. I am. You're not shielding it. No, I've anymore. had enough. And I think I told you guys all that whenever, you know, I started doing the dreadlocks and I started, I have always been a hippie at heart. Y'all, let me tell you something. I am a hippie cowgirl all the way down to the core. Oh God. I, I oh, my thing is kind of, um, where I can't remember where I was or what I did or what we were talking about. Well, it, it was along the, um, along the lines of a, a certain plant that you smoke. Yes. And mom used to have incense all over the house. Drove me fucking nuts. I hated how they smelled. I just didn't like them. And she's like, well, I, I, liked, I liked the... The good old plant, the devil's lettuce. And I was like, no way. <laughs> I never knew. Mm -mm. But that's why people burn incense. Now I just eat gummies, so I don't have to burn incense anymore. No. But, but that was, you know, it all, uh. you're... Being who you truly are. Yes, I had to hide who I was for years and years and years because it just it wasn't supported. No. And now I don't day. give a flying flip. If you don't like me, you don't like my dreads, you don't like that I eat gummies. Because I don't do it all the time. In fact, I've been out for a long time now. I need to take a trip, by the way. You don't like it? Get the hell out of my life. Right. My true person is coming out after how many years? What did I say? I was 30? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After, 30, After years, 30 years. I am finally coming out of my shell and not scared because I don't care anymore what people think. I don't give a flying flip. I I feel that way too. Like I have my girly, girly days mm -hmm. where I wanna wear heels, I wanna wear skirts, I wanna wear, you know, bright bold, colorful eyeshadow and lipstick. I, I'm still haven't committed to that part of it, like the bright makeup yet, mm -hmm. but I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared of judgment, but whatever. But then there's days where I'm the biggest tomboy there is. I'm in a ball cap. I'm in my Wranglers and my boots and my, you know, it, I have multiple 
versions that I love. You know, and that's okay if you have more than one version of yourself and you like to express, I'm feeling girly today. Well, I'm the same girly. way. I mean, I'm, a, I'm girly, but I ride horses. I dig in the dirt. I do all of that. I am a hippie. I have a hippie soul. I have a wandering heart. I'm all of those things. I've seen, like growing up, I've seen my peers be sheltered by their parents. It doesn't turn out, does it? And once they hit college, they were freaking wild. Like, in fact, one of your friends was the first one to be pregnant. It was one insane. of your sheltered friends. Yeah. It and was mind blowing. Yeah. That friend That's... was a wild child from hell. <laughs> I loved it. I'm sure you did. <laughs> but she was so sheltered growing up. Man. But man. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, whoa. Well, and I think I know why, but we won't get into that. No. But, um, we can't. No judgment. No. Not at all. But don't, don't. Your children have the right to figure out who in the hell they are. Yeah. Let them explore. Let them figure it out. It just, I truly feel like on top of the untreated mental illness here, if those parents would have relaxed a little bit and let this kid discover who he was, it was a phase. It, it would have went away. I mean, look at the older boy. Mm -hmm. He went on to be a college professor and all of that. Mm -hmm. So I have my rock and roll days. So, yes. It'll, I still do sometimes. Oh, I, I do. I, actually, Grandma lately, can bust a move in the kitchen when she's cleaning. Like, lately, I've been listening to, like, rock and, like, just going crazy. <laughs> you know what your grand's favorite song was? What? China Grove. Oh my god. Yep. Good old Gran. Yeah. So it's just let them kids figure it out. Don't I mean be there to support and guide them if they you know, if they need it or if they have questions or if they're insecure about something like help them through it. Like don't just be like no. You can't do that. Right. You can't do that in I this did, house. I did kind of butt heads with my husband a little bit over this because he thought maybe I was going all out, you know, too much, too fast. And I'm like, no, no, you just back off and let me do this. On what? On letting her dress the way she wants to dress. Oh, yeah. But she doesn't dress like that every day. Mm -mm. There'll be days she'll throw on a hoodie and go to school. Mm -hmm. But she has the leather miniskirt. She has the belt from Hot Topic that has the chains. She has the black. And I know. She started Every wearing. Bit of it. She started wearing makeup. She's just, and she has the little gloves that have the fingers. You know, okay, try it. If you like it, good for you. If you don't, find something else. Yeah. We'll 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 give that a try too. Yeah. I'm gonna support you no matter what. However. I put the brakes on. I am very conservative. You cover that crap up. It's for nobody's eyes. Mm -hmm. 
I'm conservative that way. And if she does wear a mini skirt, spanks the shorts, we wear shorts underneath. Yep. So we're um, conservative also. You didn't even like me wearing a mini skirt on my 18th birthday. <laughs> no, not unless you had shorts cause underneath. Because I, I told you I didn't have shorts on underneath yeah, for the first time ever. Yeah. I, mm. <laughs> Going to get my belly button pierced. <laughs> Whatever's underneath here is for my husband and my husband only. And um, I feel everybody should be that way. Nobody needs to see what's under here. Yeah. Even my swimsuits are conservative. Just the way I am. But... So that's what I got today. Um, if you'd like to contact us with case suggestions, personal stories, you guys, we'd really like to have some personal stories that we can share. Or just to hash over an already covered case, you can reach us via email at minersofmayhem at gmail.com or via our Facebook page. If you don't follow us on Facebook, you can just type in Miners of Mayhem in the search bar and find us. Brianna, can you give out our YouTube channel information? I believe it's just youtube.com slash Miners of Mayhem. Are we ready to wrap her up? Yeah. Okay. In the meantime, please refrain from being pond scum. Life is too short. And keep your happy asses safe out there. Please take your mental health seriously. If you need help or just want to talk, we are always here and will help in any way possible. Mental health is not a joke, and we do not want to cover your story on a future episode. So please feel free to reach out if you need us. And no judgment. None. Literally none. No judgment. both of us have been through hell and back. And it made us who we are today, so... Yep. We'll help you in any way we can. We will hook you up with the right people. Or even if you just need to talk, just we're here. Yep. Mental health is real. It's a real thing. Don't be scared of it. Don't be ashamed. Mm-mm. Nobody's going to judge you, especially in this forum. Um, we're here for you guys. We love you and thank you for your continued support. Bye. Bye.